Hello and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where my fiance forces me to watch the musicals I should have seen by now and we talk about them. I'm Drew. And I'll be there for you who, because you're there for me too. It's very weird when you do the intro because I never know what to say. (laughs) It's weird when I do the intro because I don't know what to say either. I'm so used to just sitting here and waiting for my cues. Yes. We are seeing a brand new musical. Both of us. Very rare when that happens. Mm -hmm. That it's, It's a musical that neither of us have seen before. And possibly even rarer you've not listened to any of the music for because i can't (laughs) i've tried believe me what are we watching this week we are going to see friends the musical parody yes on the last show of its tour Mm -hmm. live from the new victoria theater in woking we are off to see friends a musical parody and we booked this so long ago (laughs) I, I forget how long it's been, and I'm so excited to see this one. How about you? Oh, I am so excited to see this. I actually kind of forgot, as I am wont to do, that we had even booked tickets for this. And then when you reminded me, it was sort of all I could think about for weeks. It's just so excited to go and see not only a new musical that I don't know anything about, yeah, but a parody musical, because it's been a while since I've seen a a proper parody musical. The last one I saw was um, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Which is probably where you're most likely to find something like this. Yes. I think... Oh no, I guess the last one we saw was, was Pride, Pride and, and Prejudice. Prejudice sort of. It wasn't really a musical. There was some singing to it. Yeah, it was an interesting one. It was a good show. I had a great time. You don't really know anything about Pride and Prejudice. No, and I think that certainly impacted the way I was able to access that world. I think it was very funny if you are a fan of Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, and if you're only familiar with the odd thing here or there, I don't think you're going to get much from it. Which is exactly how I think this musical will work. Because with Friends, not only is there a lot of just a lot of it yes like how many seasons of friends are ten. there 10 and episodes a season roughly 25 yeah so here or there that is a lot of information to pack into a very nearly two hour musical well, a very short musical because yeah. it's 45 minutes for act one 45 minutes for act two which is basically a double bill episode of friends exactly so this is a, a, a very short amount of time to pack a whole lot of information into because we're assuming that it's going to try and cover all of Friends. Yeah, I, I'm going into it with the assumption of we're going to get like references to some key plots. Yeah. But we're also going to get like lots of one-liners or, you know, just moments from Friends the show. Mm-hmm on stage so i've seen for instance in in like the press stills monica has the turkey with the glasses on her head yeah and rachel is in her running gear so like they'll have moments like that where they refer to you know like the the rachel and phoebe running i've seen joey with all of chanda's clothes on yeah so i think there'll be references to key moments but i think they will like literally be 
throwing them at you. Yeah, which I think will be a good thing with this because that's kind of the point. But I do think that on top of there being a lot of just friends in general, there's also a lot of friends, fans, who have sort of their own, as with any fandom, their own in-jokes. Yes. So there's a lot of meta stuff that will probably get thrown in as well because I think this is going to be for Friends fans. Yeah, you know? and, and you know, I've, I've said to you before, I've also said to my ex-girlfriend before, <laughs> there's a Friends quote for every occasion. Like, there really is mm. that, you know... I've I remember moving into our flat and getting the IKEA furniture or even on my birthday just gone when we were trying to get the spare sofa in the bedroom into the uh living room for extra people to sit and play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, what was guess I shouting? What friends quote he used for that I one. Mean, that's an obvious one, but there is, you know, and um I know that on the best film ever quiz shows, I've taken quite a lot of glee and go, seven. You know, like Monica mm-hmm. does. There's, there's, there's loads, and I think it's one of those shows. Like you say, people have formed their own relationships with these characters. Like before there was, which Hogwarts house are you? Who is which friends? Which character friends are you? character are you? Yeah, for sure. We are both pretty firm that we're both Chandler. Yeah. I mean, of the two of us, I'm probably a bit more Monica in terms of the cleaning. Yeah. Which hurts me a little because no one ever wants to be Monica or Ross. Because they're the most neurotic. Yeah. I think is the issue. I think this is the thing. It's one of those, oh, we would all say we were this character, but like realistically, who are you actually? Growing up, me is is, you know... Learning that you're not Joey, yeah, you're Chandler. And it's accepting that. Do you know what I mean? That's part of growing up. It's like, when you're young, you're like, yeah, I want to be Joey. Or I want to be Phoebe. And growing up, it's like, actually, no, I don't want to be those characters. I'm probably am closer to these characters. The thing is, with that, Chandler, I think, and I'm sure people will disagree with me, because that's the point of these shows, is that they give you these characters to attach to. Yeah. He always felt like the most real person Yes. in this obvious i mean there's some stuff that i know they're going to make fun of for example how does everyone afford to live in these flats when they never go to work yeah but how do they always have the same booth in central park which is a joke that i appreciate from how i met your mother where they riff on that and they have to kick people out of their booth what are you doing i think that happens in friends as well it does robin williams is there yeah and they make him move yeah and with Billy Crystal. Yeah. And just things like that that I'm sure they'll make jokes about. But Chandler has a job that he hates, is quite depressed. Do you know what his job is? Transponster. Um he That's not even a word. He is not the actual funny one. He's the makes jokes that anyone in those situations would make. And nobody ever laughs. Yeah. Like, that's the point. So he always just felt like the real, like a real person to he me. He is the realist. I feel like his and Which Monica's... is why we're both like, oh, probably Chandler. Yeah. I mean, it's because he's depressed, right? <laughs> like, that's why. But the, and th- this is the thing, is I feel he has the most growth. Mm-hmm. He learns to deal with a lot of 
trauma and certainly ends up in the healthiest relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people obviously caught, you know, a lot of people got so caught up in the Ross and Rachel will they, won't they? Yeah. But actually, I would say that from the start of season five, for the final five seasons, mm-hmm. Chandler and Monica were the most interesting characters. And they were the leads at that point in time. Because every season focused on the progression of their relationship. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, from like season eight, nine and ten, Ross and Rachel have Emma. Yeah. Even in season nine, we have to go through the whole Joey is suddenly in love with Rachel, you know, nonsense. Oh, no, I always really wanted them to end up together. I know. But, but I then hate we... Ross, so it's that, that's fine. The thing. And I would say that even though the ending of the show is very much like focused on Ross and Rachel, finally, will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. I'm far more invested in the fact that Chandler has gone from this like awkward man child to a husband Mm -hmm. and father of twins you know like for me his arc has always been the most interesting yeah and i think that's what i'm going to be really interested to see how they handle in this show is who will they see as the main characters Mm -hmm. you know in you know an hour and a half we know that there's the key six friends yeah but we also know that there's gunther is Mm -hmm. a central character in this how are they going to reference a lot of the key you know, other characters with the cast of seven? Yeah. That for me is really interesting. It's also balancing that which moments do we have? Whose story is this? Yeah. When did you first discover friends? Do you, do you have any like fun friends origin story? I have one, but I just wondered about you. My mum watched it when I was a, like a baby and I actually have no idea when Friends originally aired. Uh, 1994 to 2004. So it's been like 93 to 94 season. And then the... No, not 2004. It'd be 2004 to 2005. So it's 95 to 2005. Yeah, so I was born in 95. Yeah. So my mum watched it, I guess, when I was a baby. And then I just sort of started watching it with her. And then... Well, like, it would be on sometimes. It's not something I remember, like, rushing home from school to watch, you know? I was a cartoons kind of person. Yeah. Um, I really didn't as a kid. And, you know, I'm an early 2000s, like, kid, kid, you know? And I never watched live action shows. I was not interested. I never watched iCarly. I didn't watch. The only one I watched was Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. And she had a cartoon character. So I wasn't interested in Friends until I was about 10 or 11, and then me and my mum binge watched all of Frasier. Yeah. From that, she was like, oh, you really enjoyed that. I think you'd really like Friends. So then she, we watched all of Friends. Yeah, I think I remember starting to watch it like live when it would first air on UK TV. Because you are very old. Yes. No, 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 not, <laughs> no, not from that age. I, it would have been from season seven. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight, nine, ten was yeah. when I watched it then. But I remember there was there was an old shop in Eastbourne called Powerplay that sold CDs and VHSs and the odd DVDs. Sure. And I remember that they would always have like a deal, three for nine ninety seven mm-hmm. on Friends VHSs. 
And I had some pocket money and, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to get three random ones. Yeah. And <laughs> the first one I got was the end of season four. Yeah. So it had four episodes. It was the, the montage about Ross and Rachel's relationship and him deciding, do I invite her to my wedding? Yeah. It had the wedding in London, obviously the two-parter, but it also had the episode, the one with the free porn. Yes. <laughs> so those are the four, episodes, you know, four episodes I remember watching a lot of. Mm -hmm. And obviously I'm probably at this point about 10 or 11 watching it. And it, you know, uh, probably not the most age appropriate thing. Yeah. But I think Friends is one of those important shows. It was the first sitcom, like the first <laughs> adult TV show I remember watching, like you say. Things like Lizzie McGuire. I, I had aged out of things like that at that point. Yeah. Friends was the first adult comedy I watched. And, you know, if you rewatch it now in 2022, a lot of the jokes will have not have aged well and a lot of the, the plot lines won't have aged well. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware of that. But I also think you can see it now that the later seasons, when it caught on for the mainstream appeal, the storylines are definitely watered down. Yeah, well, like, and it's the whole thing of, like, Joey gets stupid. Yes. For some reason, when he was always the most emotionally intelligent of yep. the entire group, that he ends up being... I can't believe we're doing this, like, verbal deep dive into Friends. I'd like, love to do a Friends podcast. That like, that would be great, because I love Friends so much. But I guess, you know, the, the thing is, there isn't much to talk about with the making of this show, so it makes sense to talk mm -hmm. more about our history of Friends. But you're right, yeah, you can see it kind of correlates to that time that Joey becomes an idiot. Yeah. They, like, water everybody down to their basic um, tropes. Because, like, Phoebe gets weirder. Ross gets kookier. I mean... Ross gets worse. A yeah. lot of the characters originate back to Commedia dell'arte as well, and Ross is il dottore the fool. Yeah, I hate Ross. I hate him so much. He's the worst boyfriend ever. Ross and Monica, I think, are the... the my least favorite characters i like monica i like monica but i think i i prefer rachel slightly my least favorite characters are ross just ross ross is the worst character but of the girls phoebe really yeah i because she is what a pick me girl the thing is i <laughs> i feel like that's the whole thing ross would always be my least favorite of the characters and it would probably then be like monica Phoebe, Rachel, with Joey being my second favourite character and Chandler being my first favourite character. Mm. I think it's very, very interesting. So, Friends Musical Parody, which is the musical we're going to talk about today. Yes, indeed. Started off-Broadway and now has, like, a residence in Vegas, which is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. the, the one where everyone goes to Vegas. <laughs> it's an appropriate home for it. Mm -hmm. I think there's a good market for that. If you're going to Vegas, you're going for stag dudes, hen nights, whatever, just general like chaos. And if you want something that's possibly affordable, yeah, you're going to see friends and be like, oh, I remember that show. I love it. Let's go watch it. Mm -hmm. It was written by Bob and Tobley McSmith. They have uh, created five musical parodies. Yeah. Bayside, the Saved by the Bell musical. Mm-hmm. 90210 the musical cool full house the musical 
Showgirls the Musical, and my personal favourite, Cat Dashians the Musical, and the posters is Cats. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's directed, at least certainly, the Vegas version by Paul Stan Cato. It says, works on Jekyll and Hyde and The Lion King. And music by Azaf uh, Gleisner, who worked on 90210, the musical. Cool. The version that we are seeing is obviously the UK tour. Now, a lot of the cast, you're probably not going to know. I'm probably not going to know. But we have Lara Beth Sass as Monica. Mm -hmm. Rebecca Brearley as Rachel Green. Yes. Max Cademan as Joey. Elena Christie as Phoebe. Thomas Mitchells as Chandler. And I think you might know him more than anyone else. Yeah, I think so. Because video game performances. Yes. Uh, so for... Forza Horizon 5, Baldur's Gate 3, Red Solstice 2, The Dark Pictures, Man of Medan, which I think is the one you said. Yeah, you Man of Medan's a really good game. I liked that. And yeah, he is uh, additional voices in that. Jonathan Walker Gilland is Gunther, and he is uh, f trained in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And this is his first UK and Irish tour, which is very, very cool. And Mikey Worcester as Ross. So I actually do know a few of these people because I follow Elena Christie on TikTok. Yeah. She posts a lot of behind the scenes footage uh, from the tour. She has been uh, posting her like getting into her costume, getting into character stuff. And uh, Laura Betsas and Rebecca Brearley uh, show up a, a few times in her videos. So I have seen some of these people before. Fair enough. I mean, if you look at their pictures, their headshots, they do, you could see why they'd be cast as these characters. Oh, for sure. But it's also just as important that they can capture the mannerisms. And that is one of the things that is mentioned in the sort of online synopsis of this show is that uh, Friends, the musical parody is led by a talented cast who nail the quirks, mannerisms and catchphrases of our favourite characters, which is something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the idiosyncrasies of these characters are fairly iconic, mm -hmm. you know, from, you know, Ross being a little bit more eccentric, but also, you know, the things like my sandwich. Yeah, Rachel's hair thing. Rachel's hair thing. Phoebe with, with smelly cats. Mm -hmm. But also just her airy demeanour. Joey's kind of like, oh, you guys. And hopefully we'll get a Chandler going, whoppa. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I think there's obviously his mannerisms. In terms of side characters, before we head off to the theatre, are there any side characters that you will be disappointed if they don't show up? Because there's so many good, like, side characters they could bring in. Well, obviously, like, we know that Gunther's in this. Yes. So I think he was always going to have to show up. And I would assume there'll be some Janice jokes. If there isn't any Janice jokes, then this will fail for me. Yeah. Like, I think... Um, but other than those two, I can't... I don't think I could name another side character from the show. I guess Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's not going to show up as a character. Yeah, we're not going to have Paul Rudd show up. <laughs> I can dream. 
But like the they'll they'll reference Mike. Yeah, I don't care. Paul Rudd. <laughs> His name is Paul Rudd. Do you think we'll get references to Ross and Monica's parents because they show up a lot? Maybe I'm not fussed by them though. I mean, I th- they're terrible parents. The only other big character that I want to see referenced is Richard. Which one's Richard? Monica, Tom Selleck. Monica's boyfriend that's the same age as her dad. Who's her Dentist. No, her eye doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... Or... No, he's a dentist, isn't he? No, he's her eye doctor. That's terrible. I don't think I want to see Carol and Susan. No, because that's dealt with really badly. And I think a parody would be possibly offensive. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any... Oh, maybe Bruce Willis, you know. Well, What's the name of the... Emily. Emily. Emily, yeah. I don't think she'll the show British up, floozy. but I'm sure there'll be things. Yeah. This is a lot of stuff to cover in a there really is. short time. I don't think any of the kids are going to show up. I don't think we're going to see Ben. I don't think we're going to see... The triplets. Baby girl Chandler. Yeah, and I don't think... what. Wait, does Rachel name her baby Emily? It's Emma. Which is very weird when you consider the fact That's that like really Ross weird. married an Emily, then said Rachel's name. And then they named the their baby Emma. Weird. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we're going to see her. And I'm assuming it ends with, I got off the plane. Yeah. But yeah, everything in between there I'm happy with. Oh, the duck. Yeah, the, the most important side characters, the, the, the duck the and duck the chick. chick. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. I am a huge Friends fan. I... I feel like this is the right thing for me. It's a it's a it's a form of media I love, but I'm not protective over. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm open to seeing the parody of it. I hope this is almost like Starkid levels in terms of like parody and jokes. Yeah, we're looking for this to be made fun of. You yeah, know? we're not expecting it to be nice about friends because no. the point is it's a parody. We're making fun of it. Exactly, and I'm I, I'm I think I'm gonna have a great time. Me too. We will be back. I mean, I think it's time we had a break. You know, we could go get some frozen yogurt or something. Is that a thing in Friends? Yeah. And then Rachel goes, no, Ross, a break from us. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Because they were on a break. And we will be taking a very short break. No. See you after intermission. We are back. Yes. We got through 10 seasons very quickly. We did. That's like the quickest binge ever of mm-hmm. Friends. Perhaps we set like a speed run record for it. In fairness, I'm not going to lie. That is my pref- preferable watching of Friends is like speed run. Yeah. I mean, it's a same Skip all the episodes where like not a whole lot happens, but keep all the iconic fun stuff. I think every episode has something iconic in Sure. I wouldn't skip any of Friends. I'd keep going. Go all the way through. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this a lot. I think the audience enjoyed this a lot as well. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of laughter throughout this show. 
<laughs> However, we do have one person that we know did not enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, so my cousin, who is a huge Friends uh, fan, she did not enjoy this because of the way that some of the jokes were. And obviously, we talked about beforehand that like, maybe there were going to be some people who don't think that you need to make fun of Friends. Now, this is a parody. Yes. But it's done not dissimilarly to a very Potter musical. It is very Starkid. Yeah. In that they're making fun of the thing. They're not like making little in jokes that all the Friends fans will appreciate. Like there's a, a few things that I can understand being like, oh, well, that's not funny. That's... Like, this character's an iconic character. Like, yes. I could understand people having an issue with the way that Phoebe is represented in this. Oh, I thought Phoebe was spot on. I thought she was spot on. I thought she was fantastic. The actor playing her was incredible, but she doesn't do a whole lot. And I know that there's a lot more that Phoebe does in the show other than Sing Smelly Cat, which, not allowed to say Smelly Cat yes. because it's copyright, uh, which Be is Pregnant. Yeah, and say, oh no, <laughs> no, but the, oh, no was great. <laughs> it was so good. I think with Phoebe, you get a lot of like bad songs, like the whole singing about something, and they all tie into her dead mum. Yeah, and that was funny. You know, that was the good. whole like, have I mentioned my dead mum thing? And like her mannerisms, which were really good as well. So I think all of their mannerisms, all were of the mannerisms, but Eleanor Christie, who played Phoebe, was great with like the whole like batting her hair out of her face like oh no mm -hmm. and there's a great moment early on where she introduces herself to Rachel and she calls herself Regina Falange yeah and people like no that's not your name yeah Monica's like that's not her name you know I, I I do think you're right all the cast was spot on I actually think that uh Rebecca Brearley yes who was Rachel was like spot on yeah and she did the hair thing but like physically and with the idiosyncrasies like yeah. She actually looked like Jennifer Aniston. Yes. And also she was, I think, of the cast, the one who sounded the same yes. when she was singing as well as when she was talking. Now, obviously, Rachel's voice, I think, has the least idiosyncrasies of the female cast. And so she just sort of has that ingenue voice that, you expect in sort yeah. of a lead female character in a show because in this i think more so than in the tv show rachel was kind of the main character yeah in that her plot lines drive a lot of the main narrative yeah i'd agree with that that it certainly feels like she's most integral to this yeah and so she when she was singing she sounded like she had the same voice now it was similar for monica who was played by Lara Beth Saz. Who was amazing. She was great. And she's the one that I follow on TikTok and she's so funny. But her speaking voice as Monica and her singing voice as Monica were very different, except for in parts of songs where she would speak certain parts. Yeah. Specifically in the song, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Which is great. It, but that, you know, and there's small things like this that, even as a devout Friends fan, I didn't realise until watching this. And then, like, I'm watching it going, yeah, they do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, 
uh, was like I didn't I wouldn't have said if you asked me for an iconic Monica line I don't think I know would have been the one I go for yeah but once they started saying it I was like oh my god yeah she says that all the time yeah and and the same with like Rachel like her mannerisms like there's a lot of stuttering and pausing oh i don't know you know oh uh and it was like oh ross yeah and it was <laughs> very very good yeah there were small things that everyone picked up on i think you're you're right and i want to i want to go back to something so about people we're going to talk about this one quite broadly because you know try as we might we've not been able to find like a complete song list and obviously you know we're taking notes but we don't know the names of most of these songs mm-hmm. and you know, what we found seems to miss out other moments. And yeah, is... so we have the song list from the, what I think is the original, original run. run, which was the Vegas run. Yeah. Uh, or the American run. Yeah, because and... it's like from a Radio Times article before this actually started touring. Yeah, so some of the songs are the same, like Will They or Won't They is a really good song that I enjoyed, but some of them are different. Like, we didn't have a song, we didn't have a full song for Ugly Naked Guy. Yeah. Um, But there is a song on that for this listing. So yeah. we're just going to talk broadly because it's been quite hard to track down these things. And the there isn't a song list in the program or anything. So. Which does usually help. I think, to go back, like you were saying about Phoebe, that, you know, some people would have been left disappointed because there was marginalised characters. Mm-hmm. I think you're right that Phoebe got dealt a poor hand in this. Yeah. And in the same way, one of the first things I said to you at the interval was, I hope they do more with Joey in Act 2. Yes, because Max Cadman, who played Joey, was incredible. He was so spot on. And his picture in the programme obviously is his headshot i don't know whether they put him in a wig to play joey or if he dyed his hair but it looked incredible he looked exactly like season one joey oh season one so (laughs) well done this is it and there's a real nice change at the end of you know the interval that he's now in different clothes and you can see that we've gone from season one joey to like season five-ish maybe because yeah. act one basically takes us up to the end of season three with mm-hmm. the we, we're on a break yes it takes us up that far and then we have the rest of the show mm-hmm. there's a great i mean the interval song the we interval come back is incredible while we were on a break and that's a really great little number because they fill in all these little in jokes of things that have happened in the meantime that you know ross has got married and divorced again ross had a kid ross got married to emily said rachel's name at the altar broke up with Emily and now he's single again <laughs> and you know Chandler and Monica are hooking up but don't tell anybody yeah you know you get that really nice like throwing loads of different references as to things that have happened mm-hmm. which is a really good use of it and we, we probably cut forward to around season five yeah and then five six seven eight nine ten mm-hmm. very much act two I think Ross is fantastic in this because there's so much of like that over the top nature of Ross and you know the uh, 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 fine by me <laughs> so funny I think if anyone has ever seen the I think it's a, an SNL which I'm not a huge fan of but mm-hmm. they did a Friends skit where they had the actors from Friends play different characters yeah. so they all swapped roles 
And the way that they performed in that is very much what this is like. Like you've got Rachel doing her hair from side to side all the time and uh, Monica just being over the top constantly and like shouting everything she says and you know. But things like their actual physical performances. So Ross wearing the leather trousers, which I think is another very iconic Friends thing. And he him walking like a robot because he can't walk in them is so funny, which obviously he doesn't do in the show. He can walk in them fine, but it's funny here. But that's it. It's like taking a joke and enhancing the joke. Mm -hmm. I like the opening song, The Only Coffee Shop in New York City. That isn't the opening song. The opening song is Friends Like These. Oh, okay. Because they sing, they're like, we'll be there. <laughs> and they, they're like working around the they're, theme tune. Because they can't use it for obvious reasons. They did yeah. do the clap, which is really funny. Yeah. Um. But so they sing that song. And then I think it was Phoebe who says like, oh, let's all go hang out at the bar. And they will look at her like, what? And she's like, by which I mean the coffee shop downstairs. <laughs> so they will go down to the coffee shop. Yeah. And I like this opening that is very much the start of act one is the start of the show that you have this group of five and they're making all these nice jokes about how we're a perfect little friendship group we don't need anyone else everyone has a niche and enter rachel in her wedding dress mm-hmm. and we get her going on about you know I- i'm a shoe i'm a shoe i'm a shoe i'm a shoe but what if i want to be a hat or a bag and ross is immediately in love and so is Gunther. And so is Gunther. Gunther's great in this. And I like... He's so great in this. I hate him in this show. I don't think he's funny at all in the TV show. I never sort of got on board with the whole, like, him as a character. I do like Gunther. I think sometimes the joke of him being so in love with Rachel has aged badly and it's kind of, like, incelish. Yeah, because she never, they never have anything. They don't talk. They don't talk about anything. They never interact, really, yeah. other than for him to be creepy about her. Well, this is, is it, is where fine. she's like, you know, the next guy who comes to me, I'm just, I'm just going to like take his clothes off. And he runs and like trips, Yeah, you know, and there's other moments as well. And like his treatment of Ross as the seasons progress. Yeah, because he hates him. You know, like at the time it's funny, but when you watch it back, you're like, you actually don't know anything about this girl. You haven't taken any time to get to know her. Yeah, it's actually super creepy. But in this version, he is in love with her and he kind of does know everything because he's there all the time and we are treated to an absolutely fantastic rendition of Somewhere That's Wet, which (laughs) if you do not know... When Alan Menken and Howard Ashman worked on both Little Shop of Horrors and The Little Mermaid, they wrote in a song called Somewhere That's Green. And then when they were working with The Little Mermaid, they were like, well, nobody's really watched Little Shop of Horrors. Let's just recycle this song and put it in a Disney movie. And part of your world came to exist. So Alan Menken fondly calls it Somewhere That's Wet. Yeah. And... This is just that song, but he sings part of your gang instead yeah. because Gunther wants to be part of the gang. But it is. And, and one of the things that this parody does well is that you can hear the musical influences elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So you have that. You've got one of the earlier songs as well, which is like Ross flirting with Rachel. And it's the jailhouse one from oh yeah Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really fun. And yeah, like, that was great. You That's hear the not beats. on this list. And also, we end with uh, the million dollars, and it's seasons of love from Rent. 
Yep. So that's what's really fun about this is it isn't just a parody of Friends that you get like the parodies of other licenses. And obviously this being a musical is going to attract musical fans. Mm -hmm. So you're not just parodying Friends, you're also parodying other musicals. Yeah. And you have them going like 569 million six thousand that's how much paid by episode yeah that's how much money we get each show you know and it, it worked really well so there's there's these really great little references that go above friends as well mm-hmm. we get the suspend your disbelief song oh i love which was hilarious that. which is about how how can they afford this place which ends with rachel saying i live here now yes <laughs> which is pretty funny i'm gonna work as a waitress, <laughs> it's just like that's enough money. You'll you'll have more than enough money mm. to still afford your rent here in this massive apartment because it is one of the biggest things, like in terms of suspending your disbelief with the show. I know they try and get around it that you know they talk about Monica how Monica says it's rent controlled. Yeah, it's, yeah, because it's her, it's their grandparents. Yeah, like but they, they still pay rent, they but it's rent, rent controlled, so it's supposed to be that like the rent is still what it was when her grandparents moved in. Well, I think it, which I think, is probably what twenty dollars a well, week. Well, I think the whole point is that her grand owns it, or something. Or... I guess we never see their grandparents. No, no. They... The, the only thing they say about it is that her grandma used to live here, and it's rent controlled. Um, yeah, we get which really... means the rent cannot be raised. So we don't know how much they pay for this place, but. Again, suspend your disbelief. But it is, it leads to one of my favourite jokes right at the very end is where they joke about how Ross spent a summer here trying to make it as a dancer. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, 10 years. I mean, he went 10 years without that being brought up. And like Chandler saying to the twins, this is your first time, you were very happy. And most importantly, it was a steal yeah. due to rent control. So I really like this song that it addresses, you know, it pokes fun at that whole idea that this group of like under 30 something, so they're realistically like 25 when the show starts, mm-hmm. can afford to live in this area in New York and never work because we very rarely see them working. Yeah, well, they also say in the the only coffee shop in New York City that they spend all day sat in this coffee shop. Nobody seems to go to work. Yeah. We bring up later in a, uh, oh my God, it's Janice song that they do the whole lie about Chandler going to work in Yemen. Yes. And Janice says... Does anybody even know what he does? And they throw in the, he's a trans sponsor. Rachel shouts, he's a trans sponsor. Michael goes, that's not even a word. And that's one of the things that the show does so well is it takes jokes and places them out of their context. We don't need to see them moving apartments. We just throw in that joke and we bring it here. Yeah, we never see the boy's apartment, but the joke is made in the... Uh... How can we afford this place? Yes, uh, in the Suspend Your Disbelief song, that... Isn't it so great? Your friends live directly across the hall. Amazing. Suspend your disbelief. <laughs> it's like, it's just really? Like, and, and Rachel being shocked that like anyone just comes on in at any point in the time. It's just oh, like, we never lock our door. We never lock yeah. our door. New York City. And you get all these great little references. One of the things that the show does really well is the multi-role. That it's, I think it's Chandler more so than anyone else who multi-roles. Yes. So uh, Chandler conveniently leaves go get ready for his date with Janice and then shows up again as Janice in a moment. Yes. And Thomas Mitchell's, who we already said before, I know from a lot of uh, video game voice acting roles, but he was so good and so classic drag. And it was almost kind of impressive. And I, unless you are 
very well versed in drag and I'm not talking about the sort of mainstream like RuPaul's Drag Race drag because that's obviously great and they're all fantastic performers but it's very watered down in the, the like history of what drag is and they don't really get to talk about that much on that show yeah but in this you could see a lot of those classic drag tropes coming in they're like over the top making fun of femininity and like the way that femininity is portrayed in this kind of character anyway he was fantastic and i loved it and he did a death drop at the end of one of his songs it was incredible well, it would have been oh my god it's janice which yeah. is i like big butts and i cannot lie yeah which is great because that's also a friend's joke because they sing that to emma mm-hmm. so like you've, you've bought in two friend's jokes there for the price of one yep and you have all the the friends gang well Thomas Bittles is performing as Janice, singing back up and singing, oh my God, it's Janice. But I think this is the one where Janice, we reference the fact that Janice is with Ross at this point and like putting Oh, that's later on, yeah. And and Joey's just shrinking in the corner like, oh. Oh yeah, because the joke is made like, oh, two out of three. (laughs) (laughs) Two out of three, Joey. Yeah. I mean, we're literally going all over the place with this review because, you know, it's one of those shows that it's, there's so much to it. And we're not going to do like a breakdown like we we traditionally would. But there's just so much great things about this that it kind of all gets jumbled up into one tasty dish. Was there anything you didn't like about this show? Yes, there's one there's one element of the the parody and the jokes I think goes a little too much. Mm. I have one thing that I didn't like as well. For me, I'm all for like making the jokes about like, you know, we earned this much her episode and the references to other the, you know wider musicals than wider genre stuff mm-hmm. and i don't mind so much that when they have like richard selick come on as rich you know tom selick come on as richard and they call him tom selick i don't mind that they're painting to be like a grandfather that's funny oh, because their age difference is wildly inappropriate it is over 20 years it is well she he's the same age as her dad which is creepy as and he has a daughter or a ch- you know children her age yeah so it is creepy But I don't mind that. But what I don't like, and it it, kind of hypocritical because I think it's funnier when Mm. they do it with Rachel and they make reference to the fact that, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and she's like, don't mention her name. Yeah. But I don't like the jokes they make about Chandler and like his pill addiction, but also uh, the weight fluctuating and the crippling depression. He's like, this is a cry for help. Seriously. I'm like... For me, nobody else got made fun of for their mental health or their issues. Everybody else was just kind of like their like real world stuff. Well, this is it. Like every like the whole world was obsessed with who Jennifer Aniston was dating. And so that's the joke. Yep. And don't get me wrong. It's obviously still quite a nasty thing. You know, her husband cheated on her and left her for another woman. Mm hmm. But it's not the same as somebody who's dealt with these serious issues. And in the same way, they make jokes about Joey doing Joey. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that show won't be successful. And they talk about Monica marrying David Arquette. Mm-hmm. But these, these but jokes... Yeah, the song at the end is about what they go, all go on yeah. to do. And uh, Ross sings about how he's a talking giraffe. Yeah. But, in Madagascar. <laughs> but it doesn't feel as harsh as it does right at the very start with Matthew Perry's issues. Mm-hmm. And for me, that, that's the one thing that's kind of like, I don't think that's a necessary joke. 
you know, somebody who's who's been struggling with their mental health for the past few weeks anyway, you're going to this show for escapism and the friends stuff. And when you're having Chandler being like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm really depressed. Come on, guys. This is a cry for help. And just being ignored and poked fun of. I think that is where the joke goes too far for me. Yeah. That, that I would say, is the only thing I really disliked about the show. I mean, arguably, I would say you could make it longer. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't outstay its welcome. And right now, the 45 minutes is great for each each length. Like, really fun. Oh, we were very pleased to see quite a short show for once. But there's also an element of, could it be added to? Possibly. You could You could certainly add another 10 minutes both sides. And I don't think the show would be worse off for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you can maybe... You, you could take Act 1 up until Season 4, mm-hmm. the end of Season 4 with the, you know, Iros take the Emily. However, you would lose that really great Walks We On a Break song. So, you know. Yeah. The, the biggest thing for me was the, the, the personal jokes at Matthew Perry's expense, which does make me a bit of a hypocrite, I realise, but I think it was nastier than it was for him towards anyone else. Yeah, I agree. My thing was, I, I hate the fat Monica joke but I hated it in the show anyway yeah. um, and the way that they, they talk about weight just in general yes. in Friends I think is in poor taste and I still don't like it in the show but mm. I understand why it's there because again they're making fun of it So yes, and, and we do get a nice little sequence where they go back in time and obviously Rachel comes out with her huge nose because that's the joke that Jennifer Aniston had a nose job as Rachel you know my favourite joke about that whole sequence was that it's bookended by Phoebe and Joey who were like wow what's happening it's like a portal going back in time that's so weird but wait we're not here because they're never in those scenes because they didn't know anybody during that time so like that was funny and then when phoebe comes back at the end of the flashback and joe's like you change your clothes and she's like oh yes yeah (laughs) oh yeah because she's got changed yeah Yeah. and he hasn't but i do think you had a great job with like the costumes the fact that you have like chana and ross come out with their like flashback hair you know Chandler with his flock of seagulls hair and Ross with his little afro and his his moustache was great. The, like dancing is really funny, yeah. I think you can't do this show without referencing Fat Monica. And if you're not a fan of that from the original TV show, you're not going to be a fan of it here. Mm-hmm. I was pleased to see it and I think the song was okay. And I'm glad it was you know referenced because some of the best episodes of Friends are the flashback episodes for me. Mm. But I... I understand that. Yeah. The um, one song that I really liked that sort of st- has stuck in my mind is the Sex on TV yes. song. So obviously there's the episode where Monica is having sex with... Richard. Richard. What did they call... What's the actor called? Tom Selleck. Yeah, Tom Selleck. So they have old Tom Selleck there, which is kind of hilarious anyway. Yeah. And, then, and it's proper old, like he's got a cane, he's hunched over, big moustache but grey hair. Who was playing him? I think that was Gunther. It was Gunther, yeah. Um, Jonathan Walker-Gilland, who was fantastic, as well as everybody else in this. But he multi-rolled quite a lot. Yes. So, yeah, Tom Selleck and Monica, and then Rachel and Ross. Yeah. And So, so they've just a- got together, and he's made the joke about, oh, you know, he's thought our first time would be at the Natural History Museum. And she's like, what? She's like, hold on to that thought for a while, honey. Don't get ahead of yourself. But there's the joke about, like, 
Rachel and Monica fighting over who gets the last condom and they have a ridiculously oversized box of condoms and then the joke of like, I'm going to have sex with your brother in the next room, which is great. And then the whole point of the song is that you won't see anything. It's like, yeah. It'll pan away. Like, you know, we're having sex on TV. You have to leave it all up to your imaginations. And you you do get the nice dance sequences there as well. I think it's really good. I've just remembered something else I disliked. Which was? There's a song to do with Monica that basically is like talking about all the men she's been with. And it kind of just just touches the thing where it's a little like slut shaming. Oh, you're talking about I Know. Yeah, I like the song, but I feel like that that really is Monica's only defining trait. In, in ap- what, like she's been unlucky in love? Yeah, but it's the way they paint it sometimes. Is it just... It, it, it... But is that an issue with this show or is it an issue with friends it's probably an issue with friends i just think there's a i think there's a difference in the way it's represented with joey doing how you doing song and teaching like chandler and ross how to talk to women Mm -hmm. versus then when monica's kind of being attacked by everyone else because she's unlucky in love oh i didn't see it that way but i can see why you would understand it that way yeah I, I more saw it as like, let's name all the famous people because of all of the characters. Oh yeah, she has the most. Monica gets with the most like uh, one-off special, like actual famous people yeah. who all wanted to be in Friends, except for, I guess, Rachel a couple of times. And Chandler. Who does Chandler get with? Julia Roberts. When does Chandler get with Julia Roberts? So Wait, is that the movie that the monkey is in? No, no, because we referenced Jean-Claude Van Damme because he's the one who's in, in, in the monkey movie with yeah. Monica. No, there's the one where Chandler embarrasses this girl so she gets back at him by like sneaking into the toilets in a restaurant and steals his clothes. Oh my God. And yeah. it's Julia and Roberts. it's Julia Roberts. That's crazy. But I, yeah. Yeah, so we get a lot of jokes about who Monica has dated, but I think it's supposed to be more just in the way of like name dropping yeah. than anything. Because then later on we get um, Phoebe, like towards the end, Phoebe says, and I'll date Paul Rudd. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yes. <laughs> it's the one thing I wanted was the Paul Rudd reference. Another bit I really liked. Joey comes in act two and he's all like depressed. Like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not Dr. Drake Moore anymore. Mac and cheese failed. Oh, yeah. And I'm so lonely. Everyone's dating someone. And we, we do get the really nice, like, they don't know. We know. They know arc. Yeah. And Joey just being miserable throughout all of this and the whole like. He's just like sulking the rest of the time. And it's a reference to Joey being made really dumb. Yes. And you get like, I'm Joey. I'm disgusting. I like to leave my underpants places i'm joey i'm discussing i like to have sex with women and film them you know you know those references where they find that massive and i don't like again it's the weight thing the size of china's underpants when it's just like i think it's more that was more for i don't think i don't know oh no they were ridiculously sized like it was obvious no one would fit into them type things and that's a joke at the you know yeah the, well but, and that they also had chandler's name written in them. yeah which i thought was funny that that was funny but it, it pay that the payoff for this is just before Thanksgiving, where you have Joey sat alone, and you have these little hand puppets of, of the, the chicken, chicken and the duck. duck. Oh my god! And they sing, but what they also do is like, except Satan is your lord and master. Kill all your friends. And it just stops, and Joey's like, "What did you say? What did you say, guys?" And they're just like, "Hug us." we and, love you and Give at us the end the pretense is over and then we, then cut... we go to thanksgiving and they he's like 
Oh, it's Chandler's like, why did you bring the chick and the duck? He's like, they didn't give me a choice. <laughs> they made me bring them. And Chandler's like, oh, Joey, you're so silly. And it's like, no, we know. <laughs> we get <laughs> a, the trifle reference with, you know, Rachel's bad trifle. But it's like, you know, the meat finisher and L'Oreal. Because obviously oh, yeah, spokesperson stuff, mm-hmm. which is really, really good. There's just a lot of solid references. And, and they are, you know, even one of the first jokes we see, like in between songs, is Joey like lying on the sofa and being like, hey, Ross, you want to come? nap he's like i've <laughs> you never said we would never do that again <laughs> i've never napped so good as with you and and you know is which ch- like the joke about that in the show was very obviously homophobic yes and like was a just oh not even maybe not even homophobic it was more just like men can't nap and cuddle together well, this would be acceptable if it was women and it's like okay get over yourself. the payoff to that joke is obviously all the other friends looking at them and just like judging them and it is a homophobic joke mm-hmm. and some of the some of the lines that ross does especially about you know carol and susan are a, they push the boundaries a little bit no ross is just a homophobe no i know in but, the show anyway yeah but here i think it's dealt with very well the cuddle thing or the nap whatever yeah. you want to call it I think was made fun of very well yes. here where it's just like, Oh, and we like it. And that was it. And it was like, that never happened in the show. They never like lent into that. It was something that they enjoyed. They were just like ashamed of it, which was dumb. There's a nice bit where Joey and actor is like, we forgot Marcel. It gets all upset. He's like, where's the monkey? And then what? I can't remember if it was female. Oh, no, they're, all, they're all in the cafe. So Gunther's there as well. And, I think it is Phoebe says, oh, honey, no, we didn't forget about him. It was just no one wanted to wear the monkey suit. And they all look at Gunther and he's like, no, and just walks out. And And there's nice jokes with Gunther where he's like going to speak and Rachel goes, oh, no, darling, you don't have any more lines. That was funny. And towards the end of act two, we have him come forward and he's like, by the way, guys, you know, I know the show's wrapping up soon. So it's about time for you to uh, pay, your bill. pay your tab, which is... Because like, we never see anybody pay anything, but it was like a couple of million and dollars. And they're looking at it and Joey's like, all these all these cakes. And Joey's like, I got to eat, man. It just, it was really, really fun. Shock full of references that the audience were laughing at so much when a joke was made about a friend's reference, or he had like a friend's line quoted verbatim, mm-hmm. that it was a really good atmosphere to be in. Yeah. I think the general consensus, just from as people were leaving, everyone seemed to really enjoy it. People were laughing, people were smiling. I think this this show has a lot for everyone. I think it's a very feel-good show. I don't think there was anything... Like we say, like they're making fun of the show, so they are going to pick on things that people didn't like as well as really did like, like Fat Monica, like the homophobic nap joke, and make fun of them. Yeah, and that's a good thing, I think. Calling attention to stuff like that is important, and then if you can't laugh at something, you know, yeah, there's, there's some really good references. Like I wrote down so many of them, but we, you know, we'd be here for hours talking mm-hmm. about them because there's so much to friends. Like, yes, there's key moments that you know that we don't we don't necessarily get. So like Emily is completely glossed over, but we never see the kids. We never see the kids. We we do end with the whole reveal that Rachel's pregnant. I love. Oh yeah, that was all conflated into one thing. So Rachel being pregnant and also getting the job in Paris, yeah, are she... the same 
issue because she's like, Ross, I'm pregnant with your baby. And he's like, oh my good, that's amazing. We're going to have a child together. I'll be such a great dad, which like, okay, sure. And then she's like, oh yeah, but also I'm moving to Paris. Bye. But the great thing (laughs) with that is very much like, she's like, I'm going to start my job in fashion. I'm going to be a cashier at Bloomingdale's. Like, oh yeah. And then the, I'll be a cashier at Bloomingdale's in in Paris. Paris. And that's really good. I love I, I loved... never understood how she got that like ended up at the top of that job other than like that she worked her way up well a lot of them we see them all we, we know they work behind the scenes but we don't always see it it's like Ross gets <sighs> what is it when you can't get fired he's on a sabbatical no it's not a sabbatical tenure. tenure like Ross gets tenure but we see him and he's not a very good teacher like, he comes in with his fake British accent, he's on the roller skates. Like, we never see Ross actually being capable at his job. We see Chandler being capable at his job. We see Chandler and Rachel being really good at their jobs because we see Rachel obviously work her way up and actually be a manager and stuff. And especially dealing with, like, bad managers as well with, yeah. with her. We see Monica. We don't see Monica at work at all. We do early on. We see her working until she gets her own chef ship. Is that a word? She ends up being the head chef in a restaurant, so it sort of becomes her restaurant, you know? And that only like, happens because she's that... dating John Favreau in the show. But then she keeps that job, even when they break up. And then... I don't think you whole... can fire your ex. Well, her <laughs> whole goal is to be a mother, which is great like that's what she wants to do with her future she wants to be a mother and we know that from season one yeah so she gets that in the end and that's nice uh phoebe never really seems to have like a dream she's a masseuse right yeah but we never yeah this is it phoebe just is kind of she exists and the great thing about her character she has no goal so you can do anything with her it's not like she's got an objective that's leading to her we obviously get the reference to her having the triplets. She she throws the triplets like she had, gives birth and she throws them outside of the stage. Yeah, they make reference to the episode where she decides she wants to keep one of them and she's asking if she can keep one of them and her brother's like, no. But she says the line where she's like, oh, I almost wish I could keep one of you. Well, never mind. And she just throws them off stage, which is pretty funny. And then the cat shows up and we get the, the, the whole idea that it, it's her mum as a cat. Oh, her mum's come back as a cat to impart some wisdom to her, so she sings Smelly Mum. Yeah, because she can't say, you know, they can't say the song. Yeah, and then there, there are bits where she sings the word Smelly Cat. And everyone tells and her And everyone's off. like, no, you can't say that. We'll get copyright infringement. Which is, that's funny. But it does end, you know, very happily that, you know, you know, <laughs> Rachel well, gets She's off like, the play. I marry Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, and they all sing that what they do, and we get that that great, like, you know, five hundred twenty-five thousand six million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, song where they're like, "Here's what we're gonna do next," and then we end with "We'll always be there for you," which is really nice. With the umbrellas, they, they get the umbrellas, and they do get some of the lines of "Cause I'll be there for you," mm-hmm. and they manage to get enough that we get the the song. Yes, without it being overt. Mm-hmm. I liked the proposal scene as well. I feel they captured oh. that really well. It's, um, could I be any more in love? Yeah. Which is really cute. And the they... proposal and everyone standing there and the candles and everything. That was great. But that then they cute. have the reveal that this is when Ross learns that they're 
dating and obviously we get the my sandwich bit mm. as well it just was a really really fun show like i feel like i could see this again and again it hits that star kid levels of like comfort for me yeah it's not going to change the world i would like to see this again though but sometimes like we've said before when we've gone to see shows i don't always want to have to think too hard yeah. afterwards like what's the last show we did where we were just like this was just fun it was fun you probably it's a decom <laughs> like it i mean <laughs> try not to think too hard when we watch some of these I mean, because we, really we do good... overanalyze a lot of these shows and recently i feel like we've watched a lot of shows that we have analyzed quite deeply like especially with our disney series because they're early disney we have a lot of historical issues to talk about yeah and dream girls in chicago we had a lot to talk about uh phantom the paradise oh there you go i just had a good I, time at that one yes but i still feel, feel like we were talking about it more than so anything else this was nice just to go and see a show and just happen to enjoy it mm-hmm. you know i i feel like you know even shows like but i'm a cheerleader we went to see it and we we still came out had a great time but we were like oh but talking about the issues mm-hmm. like it is very very nice to have just gone to see a show and come out and just enjoyed it and you know it's like there's there's certain films that maybe you watch once or twice but you never watch again because like they're big films this is almost like mcu like of musicals in terms of i could watch this again and again and again and again and again yeah and not get bored but you love friends so that's why well that but that's the thing is i feel like this show could have gone either way because of that do you think if you had never seen friends and were only aware of it in a pop culture sense that this show would have been good no i think it's very much we referred to pride and prejudice sort of this show is pride and prejudice sort of like but for friends fans but for friends fans had we gone because you were a fan of friends and you're like we're going to do this for the podcast you've not seen this we're going to go watch this i think i'd have spent the whole time hating it well i would have had to explain a lot of stuff to you which is exactly what happened when we went to see pride and prejudice sort of there were a lot of jokes in there that afterwards you said oh i didn't get this thing and i I then explained it to you and you're like oh that would have been funny if I knew that beforehand, which I think you're right, that is exactly how this would work too. But I think that would also be true of any parody musical. There's a, or there was a Little Mermaid parody musical at the Edinburgh Fringe a couple of years ago that was uh, The Little Mermaid from Ursula's perspective, which I would have loved to see. I didn't get tickets to see that. But loads of people said the same thing about that show, that if you're a fan of The Little Mermaid, you're going to have the best time ever. And if you only know about it in passing, you're not going to understand what's going on. Yeah. And I think that is certainly an issue with things like this. And it's whether the mainstream appeal goes away from this. You know, if you're if you're not a fan, if you don't know the source material, a lot of these jokes will fly over your head. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, there's not much character development here because it doesn't need to need to happen. Because we already know these characters. Me and you are going in with with 10 years worth of knowledge of these characters. We've seen them. We know their whole stories. Mm-hmm. But if I've never seen Friends or you've never seen Friends and you go and you watch this, why is this Janice joke so funny? 
why is the Tom Selleck joke so funny? Who is this this kooky girl that's playing her guitar constantly talking about her dead mum? That's kind of offensive. Mm-hmm. Why do I care about these two characters getting together, not getting together, getting together, not getting together? Who's this guy that's talking to some puppets? Why was he smart in Act 1? Why is he dumb in Act 2? Yeah. There's so much of these things that just fall apart if you don't know the references, which is, I guess, the same with any parody. You know, if you go in to watch Scary Movie, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with these horror films, most of these things are going over your head. I enjoyed it because I I love Friends as much as I do. But I think this is made for Friends fans. It's not made for people who are even faintly aware of it. If you've never watched an episode of Friends, this isn't for you. I would agree. Yeah. (laughs) Who is your MVP in this show? I can't choose. (laughs) I think everyone was amazing. I think everybody was so well cast. Like, I hate Ross, right? Yes. I... I could talk about this for another full hour if I needed to, but just as a character in the show, he is my least favourite character, way, way down the list, past all of the side characters. I hate him. Yeah. Because he's a horrible person. But I thought Mikey Wooster was fantastic. He was was, really, really good. He did such a good job, and he kind of looks like him too, which is awesome. But I think... For my MVP, it's either Thomas Mitchells or Jonathan Walker Gilland. Because Thomas Mitchells as Chandler and Janice was just so funny. He had the whole range from being crazy over the top Janice with the laugh and everything. And being so outgoing, so over the top to the really quiet romantic moments of Chandler was just great range. Yeah. Like that's phenomenal acting like going on there. And Jonathan Walker going just again, multi-rolling being as funny as he is as Gunther and actually making me care about Gunther yeah. was awesome because I don't care about Gunther so <laughs> in the show. For me, Thomas Mitchell's his MVP because there's so much with, with Chandler that he he absolutely nails you know there's that hand in the pockets and that silent laugh he does you know it's really great Mm -hmm. but then the big over the top moments is Janice which is fantastic I think you are really spot on with uh Jonathan Walker Gilland you know they do so much as Gunther he's very much like Joey Richter in Trout Oregon in the fact that he just fits in seamlessly with all where, where he's needed. If he's not gone for, he's this character. If he, you know, there's so much that he does. And like you say, he makes Gunther far more likable. And, but I mean, this is the thing is it's it, for me, MVP is also the character I want to play because mm-hmm. I left thinking like, yeah, that was so much fun. I would love to do that. You know, I want to do that Chandler role, but also, you know, do the Janice sequence. Like, it was so much fun. Yeah. Do you have a best song? I know we don't necessarily have the full set list, but was there a song that you really enjoyed? I liked I Know, and I liked the Sex on TV song. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny. Oh, my God, it's Janice really it's, sticks out in my I'm mind. actually going to talk about a song we've not talked about. Which is? Pivot. 
Oh my god, we haven't talked about Pivot. Pivot was great, because it's it, it builds up. Everyone knows the line that's coming. Everyone knows, you know, what Ross is about you to refer to. You had people in the audience shout Pivot at one point, which yeah. was great. It was really funny. And the whole idea being that when you're down, just have a pivot and turn your life around. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really fun moment, a really fun song. And it was, you know, especially because this is the moment where you know, Ross is feeling like, oh, you know, things aren't working out with Rachel. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's got Paolo, which was a fun little reference as well. I think that was... That was also Chandler. Jonathan Walker-Gilland. Was it Jonathan Walker-Gilland? Yeah. Uh, but I liked that bit as well. And, you know, the innuendo there very much. And it was Act 1, Act 2 were both very different. That Act 2 was far more mainstream and Act 1 was a little bit ruder. Mm-hmm. But Pivot was a great song. And the audience got very, very into that song. Yeah, it was really good. Because I think it is one, like one of the biggest moments from Friends. Like this throwaway line, just as taken on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was one of my best songs. But like you say, I did really like. Oh my god, it's Janice, especially to the whole. You know, I like big butts of a candle. Yeah, like that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Was there any songs? I, I guess for you, it would be the Ballad of Fat Monica. Yeah, I wasn't into that. Um, no, I can understand that. I think that song was fun for the visuals more so than anything else. Yeah. I don't know if I'd have a skip song. Cause I, think I don't think I would have a skip song because I think all of them are relevant. They are all relevant. and they It's all very, very well... Condensed. What do you call it when you put together a gallery show? cultivated yes yeah it's very very well cultivated so that everything is important you know almost like an animation where like everything that's in there is there for a reason there are no accidents yeah it was all there because it needed to be there for the context of the show and i appreciate that and i think this is it they've done a really good job at going through like 10 seasons you know nearly 250 episodes Mm -hmm. of tv and choosing the best moments yeah the best characters Mm -hmm. you know sure not every character gets their big moments but with the length afforded to them we're not going to see joey and chandler like fall out and move you know joey move out you know we have to really be selective with what we're seeing Mm -hmm. and i think they they've done a really good job like you say cultivating good moments and important moments, you know, the flashbacks. We don't have twenty flashbacks, but we have one that references all of this. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Who would you want to play? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the fun thing with this is you probably could play anyone because it's parody. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could play any of the seven, like, characters. Are you going to stick with Chandler like me, or...? No, I don't think so. I don't know who I would play in this. I think they were all great, and I'd be happy to play any character. You I think... want to be Chandler. No, I do. I mean, this <laughs> is... Because you also want to play Janice. Yeah, because I, re... I just like his moments. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I feel like the two people that are most marginalised are Joey and Phoebe. Mm-hmm. That... If you went into this show and they were your favourite characters, you're going to leave disappointed. Yeah. 
But if you just go in as a fan of Friends and you love everything about it, I think you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I gave this one four stars overall. I really, really enjoyed this one. I would see it again. I would agree with that. I think, you know, like I say, some of the jokes borderline are a little bit mean and some of the characters don't get the same depth. Like like I say, add 10 minutes to each act. Give give Joey and Phoebe just something more substantial. Mm-hmm. And sure, maybe the, the issue is they don't have much substantial storylines within the context of the show anyway. But do something with it. Yeah. That, that that's probably my my two main critiques that stop it being five stars. Mm-hmm. Four stars for you as well. Yeah, I would agree. Excellent. You know, we saw the very last night of its tour. Yeah. So we can't say go check out this show if you're in America. Unless you're in Vegas, in yeah. which case go and check out this show. It was great. Yeah, and especially because it probably will be slightly different. But if this show ever does tour again in the UK, mm-hmm. absolutely go and check this one out. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I think, yeah, the caveat, if you're not a fan of Friends, this one's not This isn't going to make any sense to you. Yeah. But if you if you love Friends, go give this one a try. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to be watching next week? Next week, we are going back to our, a kind of another group of our favourite parody people. Not for a parody musical this time, but we are going to be watching another Starkid musical. I think the last Starkid we watched was black friday which we enjoyed and i know that we've we've got holy musical batman scheduled for around batman day Mm -hmm. which is september yeah so i'm I'm really happy that we're gonna have some star kid i've missed them yeah and you always really enjoyed their originals more than their parodies yes but this is another original we are going to be watching firebringer and if you know anything about it happy pride month (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know anything about this i just know it's star kid and obviously we'll talk and we'll see if some of my favorite star kids are are featured mm-hmm. we do have you know a really exciting month ahead of us that we've got two big shows certainly that we know we're definitely seeing yep that we are going to be seeing six at hampton court mm-hmm. and you know, big shout out, huge thank you to Tony from Theatre Flashbacks at Theatre Flashback One on Twitter, because we're going to go see My Fair Lady at the London Coliseum yeah. as well. So, you know, those will be coming out uh, within the month. Obviously, we're going to be looking at Cinderella somewhere. Somewhere will fit Cinderella in. We're possibly also going to be seeing Footloose. I'm just waiting on that one. That's a that's a maybe. Cool. But I'm hopeful that we will see Footloose live. So we do have really, really exciting uh, programming ahead of us as we start to go into uh, the second half of the year, mm-hmm. which is scary. Yes, indeed. How are we in like the sixth month? It feels like Christmas was yesterday. Yeah. Jeez. As always, you can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts on Firebringer. Firebringer, yeah. Is this one that you like? Have you never seen it? Are you going to watch it for the first time alongside us? And have we inspired you to see the Friends musical if you haven't already? You can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. You can find us over on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Good Pods and our OG hosts. Podbean. If you like what we do, head on over to any of those platforms or podchaser.com 
And why not leave us a review to tell us what you love about this show? Mm-hmm. But until next week, hope you've enjoyed our coverage. You know, it was going to be uh, seven hours front and back, but we thought we'd condense it down a little bit so you didn't fall asleep while listening to us. Yeah. We will see you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday. 